0: On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: Didn't know when we came into the studio today that we would spend our entire afternoon talking about Ben Johnson because he wasn't being hired. But here we are. Grant and Danny welcoming you back on the fan all over the district. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You can visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. You can be like us and our friends at Kondorian Murad and come on out to Bethesda Theater on Friday night. For our 8 p.m. event,
4: Bethesda Theater.com. Come see your boys. People you like, people you don't like, everyone in between. We're going to be doing shtick, behind the scenes stuff, arguing about sports. Uh, I'm roasting everybody at the top of the show for 10, 12 minutes, which will be fascinating. Uh, so if you want to hear about people's picadillos, quirks, foibles, weird stuff, uh, I've got material for you. So come on out and hang out. Uh, all brought to you by M by Main Street Bank, rather, Cheer Local Bank. Local, put their team in your office. Visit MStreetBank.com for more information.
2: Best case, worst case for the commander's coaching search. Moving forward now with Ben Johnson eliminated. Different reason for being eliminated than other guys. He's eliminated himself, but he's out. Staying in Detroit, OC of the Lions. Danny, best case for you? Mike McDonald. Of the, of the reasonable
4: remaining ones. I, mean, I still have a you know, pipe dream for Mike Vrabel somehow to become involved or interested, but they don't seem to be. So given what's available, it seems, in front of us, it'd be Mike McDonald. Should they interview Brabel now? I, would, with, I say yes, but I, I know it might not look great, but I don't really care about that.
2: The only reason I could come up with why they haven't is they don't want him to suck oxygen out of the room. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are bringing in a star. It's not to the level of Belichick or Harbaugh, right. but he comes with demands. There's a sheet. When you open that package, there's like a, here's how to use this sheet. <laughs> right. and it's like, make sure you you give it water and you feed the ego and they get to pick some players every now and then. And I think that they want this to be the Adam Peters show, by and large, and that the coach can work in unison, just like in Detroit, as an example. It's not like Dan Campbell has no say over what happens with the Detroit Lions. But everything that they do is through their GM's eyes first. And they got one of the best young GM's in the league. And he works really, really well with Campbell. And by the way, they have crushed the draft. I think that's what Washington's looking for. Mm -hmm. Less... Coach who is trying to finagle the short term fix for the one position to benefit his win loss record this year, having the say. That's right. Kind of the opposite, honestly, of what they've been doing, which is good because the idea of coach centric is generally bad. It's terrible. Yeah. They are in conflict. Having
4: the same person occupy both jobs, even as Josh Harris brilliantly said, I think these are both 80 hour a week jobs there aren't enough hours for you to do them both adequately. That's number one. But number two, they don't work in concert. If it's the same thing, the short-term almost always is going to win out over the long-term. You need a balance there. That means multiple people and ultimately answering to a guy that's
2: got bigger fish to fry than what you do on second and six that week. I could get really excited for a Mike McDonald hire, especially in a world now where Ben Johnson's not an option. If Ben Johnson was still there and they chose McDonald and Ben Johnson tucked his tail between his legs and went back to Detroit be a little different, but in a world now where the options are what's left, I can absolutely get behind McDonald. It was funny. Someone tweeted me earlier today, a uh, Danny's at funny, Danny. I'm at grant H Paulson on X. And he said, I think it's funny how you wanted Ben Johnson for all these weeks. And now you're saying you'd be cool with Slowick. And I was like, yeah, man, that's how it works. Like, They can't not have a coach now. I mean, I kind of have to pivot, yeah? You go to plan B. like Slowick or McDonald's next. They couldn't get Ben Johnson or didn't or he didn't want to come or whatever happened. So what do you do now? You just bring Rivera back? No, you have to hire one of the other guys that you've been interviewing. That's quite literally how it goes.
4: Yeah, I had a dream as a kid I'd marry Alyssa Milano, but I still had to go on a few dates
2: later on. You know what I mean? Like Sometimes your, your, your first option gets pulled away from you. McDonald's a sharp guy, though, dude. There's a lot about him that I think whether it's with Washington or Seattle in this cycle or next year, teams are going to salivate over when they interview him. He's the guy, him and Dan Quinn, oddly enough, so take it for what it's worth. He, he, those are the two guys that have seemed to get the, the biggest response to the interviews publicly, where someone floats how well the interviews went. But this was a guy who played high school football in Georgia Uh, ended up going on and in school. Then he went back and initially coached linebackers and running backs at like a powerhouse school in Georgia, was a grad assistant with the Bulldogs in 2010, was the defensive quality control assistant with the Bulldogs from 11 to 13. I think he decided at that point, all right, let's try to jump into the NFL and see what's what. Becomes a coaching intern with the Ravens in 14, was on staff as an intern all year long. Then he was a defensive assistant in 15 and 16. By the way, he once shared an office with Eugene Shen, who was the first hire of the Harris ownership group, the analytics guy. Um, McDonald is analytically minded as a coach, uh, as much as you can be defensively, right? But he they, they literally shared an office in that department at one point with the Ravens, and uh, were kind of the intermediaries between you know, the analytics and the football people to make sure everything went seamlessly. He was the defensive assistant 15-16, then became a DBs coach in 17 Linebackers coach, 18 through 20. Then he left to go to the other hardball, was the D coordinator with Jim. I guess the Ravens either were set with, they had star DCs like Dean Pease and Wink Martindale. They had a good run of guys Mm -hmm. for a while. But rather than elevating him from the linebacker job, he went and got the DC job at Michigan in 21. And then it was last year that he got the job for the Ravens for the first time. And he spent the last two years as their defensive coordinator. And it's hard to argue with any of those numbers. Now, in the same way we said with Ben Johnson, you're not bringing that great offensive line over or Amon Ross, St. Brown, and all that talent. He's leaving a lot of talent behind in Baltimore. Kyle Hamilton comes down, right? <laughs> I wish. Do we just get him? You could have had him in the draft, but it didn't work out that way. Yep. That one stings by it Yeah, that. it does. I it? hate playing that game, but I'll play that game with him. In real time, too. It was like, wouldn't it be nice if... That's why. Like, all of us constantly were like, if they're going to draft a defensive player, this would be the one to draft. Probably 80% of the fan base had him going to the team, and they're like, nope, we know better. Mm-mm-mm. We'll trade back and not take Chris Alave. We'll trade back and get Dotson. And I'm still high on Dotson. I like Dotson. but Hopefully ugh. it works out. Uh, but the Ravens, defensively this year, you want to know where they rank, Danny? You have don't have to use too many fingers to count. Yards per play for the Baltimore Ravens in 2023. Right there at the top of the list, my guy. They're number one against the pass. They're number three overall. Last year in his first year as a D.C., before they made a couple personnel moves and added more, they were still pretty good. They were 13th overall, third against the run, but they were a lot worse, 19th against the pass. That's where they made some major strides this year. What I like is it's it's everything I wanted in Ben Johnson. It's just the fact the all, that— The
4: defensive it, version. Yeah,
2: it's the defensive version of him. Basically,
4: when he had, and last year they're always seemed to be banged up at corner and in a secondary. That's like a Baltimore staple. So those guys just stay hurt, it seems like all the time. They dropped off a little bit. This year, most of those guys are healthy for the you know better part of the season. The results were astounding. They were so good.
2: Why not Bobby Slowick? And and you know me. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked on air for 800 hours and Mm -hmm. off air for another hundred hours about this. How much do you think I hold against Bobby Slowick that I remember him? as the little brother of the kids I was hanging out with. And now he's all grown up. In other nice. words, he was on that 2012 Washington staff everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. He was there the entire time with the Shanahan group. And I covered that team, and he was basically an assistant linebackers coach there. And and he went and got like sunflower seeds for Brian Arakpo. So I just, it's like if one of your buddies says to you that, hey, you know that uh, my brother Eric is now uh, running that uh, Fortune 500 company, and you're like, Eric, and you picture him as, like, an eight-year-old? Well, I mean, old school did it perfectly. Like,
4: Rodney's kid brother? Cheese! <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I'm the dean now. The dean of students. Well, the, the best line <laughs> in that, too, I think about that with Bobby Slowick. is like, wait, Bobby Slowick? Like, the, the guy we were shoving in trash cans? And then Bobby Slowick's like, I got out. That's what he says in yeah. old school. They're like, cheese. weren't we weren't we putting you in dumpsters? And he's like, I got out. Did I put
4: you in a trash can one time? I got out. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, man. Some
2: whippets around if you <laughs> but, want. I mean, I'm doing a little bit of a bit, but... Yeah if his name was Bobby Rouye maybe i would not have the same reservations about his readiness and and all those things the fact that he's 36 and he's been in oc for one year that is a light resume for sure no doubt about that but i wonder if i hold some of that against him just because when i saw him if there's 25 coaches on the staff man he was like 22 you know and his dad yeah. was the his dad got him that job and it just the whole thing was I just didn't see him as the next great offensive mind. Well, that was the... That was a long time ago. Yeah, I
4: mean, listen, there are a bunch of great coaches in that staff, but that was the kind of the, you know, sort of the old old Redskins way of a little bit extra. It's like not just regular nepotism, but it's like the extra layer of nepotism where it's like... Yeah, my my you know, my kid with acne and, and a voice, a cracking voice is gonna be the special assistant to the linebackers coach or whatever. I mean, the same thing happened with Rivera and Company. His whole family was employed uh by the organization. And it's a very Dan Snydery thing to do to give people all these kind of extra deals. But, you know, the the flip side of that, of course, is Kyle Shanahan should be an offensive coordinator. He was great everywhere he was and is, is really good now. But it's colored my impression. I didn't even meet the guy. I never even spoke to him, but just hearing about you know stuff from the beat, and when you got you know you guys were around it, it just it feels too neophyte, too novice for me. And maybe you grow into it. Maybe it becomes the next great guy if we're patient with it, et, et, et cetera. Because coaches can improve too; they learn. I mean, Bill Belichick was not particularly
2: good in Cleveland, well, then turned into one of the greats of all time. Our buddy Rick Snyder tweeted me today, and he said, and he's a columnist over at thefandc.com. dot com. And so he said to me, I, I tweeted something like, I'm paraphrasing, but. My feeling is I think I would hire Bobby Slowick right now if I had to hire someone because he's offensive-minded, because of what he did with C.J. Stroud, knowing mm-hmm. I'm going take a quarterback at two, even though I don't think he's quite ready to be a head coach. And Rick said you can't hire a guy if you don't think he's ready to be a head coach. And my point is I know he's ready to groom a quarterback to develop my, my number two pick. We saw that. I know he's ready to call offense, and I know he's ready to help my offense be good. Let's figure the rest out as we go. That's the priority to me. His point is that you can't hire him if he's not ready to be the head coach. And I'm saying, I just think it's a different priority. His Rick and a lot of people say, I want someone who's going to lead the organization and do this, this, this. For me, I want someone who's going to design and implement the best offense and make sure that number two quarterback is great. Because if that happens, the rest will take care of itself. This talk about culture and leader of men and this and that, and th- do you have an exceptional quarterback or not? That's what matters the most. The The culture will follow the winning. When When Patrick Mahomes walks into your building and takes over and every year you're in the AFC Championship game, all of a sudden you got a good culture, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that at number two they get the quarterback right. That's the most important thing. And are you more likely to do that if you hire Slowick than McDonald? <sighs> you could do
4: it. Now, I know this didn't work and people will scoff at this but for a neophyte coach that hasn't done it at the highest level just yet. Remember Spurrier and Marv Lewis? That sort of dynamic? Not that Spurrier was good. I'm not saying he was. He was more concerned about playing golf and canceling practice if it rained. But having that adult sort of almost shepherd you through that? As a neophyte head coach, if you're given more a more limited track of responsibility, right, where it's you do the offense, you're obviously primarily concerned with developing the quarterback. You're going to have to give a, a few speeches here or there, but we're going to go get a veteran D.C., uh, you know, a Fangio type or a, a Wade Phillips type or somebody who can help sort of, you know, set the tone for practices and help run things as you kind of grow into this role. That wouldn't be crazy to me to, to try to set up a guy for success, because that's really what you're trying to do ultimately is we want this to be a 10-year thing. We want this to be my kid who's you know five or six now growing up his entire time in elementary school, middle school, high school, we got this thing in place and we got a brand and we know what you're doing and we're winning a bunch of games and, you know, God willing, a, a couple championships come our way. But for the most part, you're trying to make sure you don't just hire a guy and say, well, good luck with this situation.
2: That seems hard. You want to set him up for success. What's better? If McDonald is your head coach and he can bring in Clint Kubiak, let's say, or Brian Greasy, you know, someone from San Francisco. And they can do similar work, maybe, to what Slowick did. Same offense. They obviously haven't had a chance to call plays and be an OC in, in the case of Greasy, but they're bringing, you know, the Shanahan offense to D.C., essentially. And you have that to help your quarterback, but you have McDonald as your more advanced Proven ready coordinator by one year for what it's worth, and pre- seemingly better leader of men type. I mean, it's it's funny because we just don't have that much experience to know what he's like mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And all of this has been a crapshoot all along. Ben Johnson, as we said, every step of the way as well. While it was certainly what I was backing, what the show wanted, and we didn't know if he'd be good or not. It's just the process that we wanted to play out. Uh, Eminem just tweeted, by the way, he said yesterday that if Ben Johnson left, he was going to do a diss track about him. I don't know if you heard that. I didn't hear is, that, no. It's kind of funny. So he tweeted today, guess I should stop recording this diss track, LOL. At Ben Johnson, thank you for staying. We can't break this team up, especially since I'm on it. I don't know what that means. Coach Campbell, we love you, bro. Let's run it back next year. I'm ready. I promise you I will get us to the Super Bowl. Smiley face. But he doesn't have to write his diss track on Ben Johnson. Danny will write it for him now.
4: I suppose. Yeah. Um, hmm. That seems tough for a guy that's going to take, you know, 10x money probably from going from OC to a a head coach, run his own program. You're going to run a diss track. I don't know. But do what you want, man.
3: I didn't have Eminem as a guy using smiley faces at the end of his tweets.
2: Big emoji guy.
4: Yeah, he's mellowed a little bit, I'd say, over the
2: years. I'm not surprised by that. Emojis are very popular on social media. Mm. Nobody can do anything on social media without, like. One of these where they're like thinking with the hand hmm. on their chin. Are you really crying laughing, sir? The one that ricks me the most is when someone makes a well, there's a lot, but uh we, we I got this one in the family chat this weekend. Oh I, my brother texted something and it was like I made my point and he did like the hands at the side of him, like whatever, or like oh could yeah. just be me. You know that one? Yeah. Ugh,
4: I wish tough. we could unring that bell. That is tough. The old uh,
2: emoji. Yeah. Communication. Let's go to PJ and rest. What's up, dude?
3: hey guys happy day to everybody yeah Amen. um i feel exactly how you guys did where i'm just kind of like uh i wish ben johnson would have would have taken the job but he kind of did us a favor in the long run and i for sure don't think that um that it was a bad move by adam peters or anybody like that because you know it wasn't like they didn't go for him it was the <laughs> lukewarm um i i'm with you guys on Mike McDonald and If we get Slowick, Wink Martindale would be a good guy to go with him. Mike McDonald seems like, uh, just like you guys said, the offensive version of Ben Johnson. Um, Mike Rabel, I would still like to get him uh, in for an interview, even if it looks weird, bring him in right now. Something I learned um, was that Mike, I mean, Adam Peters was in New England. I didn't know. I only knew him from San Francisco. I hope him and Mike Rabel... Got along good there, because uh, it seems weird not to bring Vabel in. Because even though Vabel's a defensive coordinator kind of guy, he's um, it would take too long to explain it on air, but he's very smart offensively with making knowing when to go for uh, you know, a you He's smart everywhere. Opposite of Rivera. Mm-hmm. Opposite of Rivera in that regard. But that, that's what would be my oh Frank Smith. That's the other thing I just wanted to say. Frank Smith, bring him in for an interview. Even if the opposites look bad, I know it's kind of embarrassing to bring him in this late, but in the end, it's more important to, to get it right than if it but, looks a little bit here's, embarrassing. Here's the
2: thing in about that. Vrabel wasn't available when it started, so you can kind of do that and it doesn't look as bad. There are guys out there where their circumstances or situations have changed maybe. Frank Smith was there the entire time. They, they had a complete choice, an option. Mm-hmm. Do you want to interview this person or not? And they made the decision not to. It would be super weird to interview yeah, him. Doing now. it now, it's, it seems you are going to have a press conference where you introduce Frank Smith, who you interviewed five people twice before you even called his number. Yeah, it's like Nicky Jabal, Washington Post. Uh, why didn't you interview him when you had the chance for more than a month? Oh, we knew Frank was the guy all along. We Did just, you? we just wanted to interview everybody. We were playing a slow game. A couple of times, uh, he also has the same agent as Ben Johnson. I don't know. Frank if, Smith does. Yes. Oh, I don't know if that's like the, their favorite person they want to hear from right now or do scott boris <laughs> yeah let's go to tony in long island what's up buddy
1: guys how we doing good buddy good uh we knew this wasn't going to be easy we knew we, we, we had a, a a good run of a lot of things going our way and then today happened you know we're still we're still the commanders we're still the commanders um listen you know ben johnson definitely uh, he seems like he's got insecurity issues. He's not quite sure if he's ready for the job. I think there was a lot of things at play there. Maybe he couldn't get the coaching staff he wanted. Uh, the job openings for next year, you know, really could be a home run, you know, situations. You know, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Dallas, maybe even Kansas City. So I do think by asking for the moon now is probably, you know, from Ben Johnson's agent's point is the right move. But here's the thing that I wanted to pose to you, you know, because Dan Quinn is the worst case scenario. This is a guy who's never done anything as a head coach when Kyle Shanahan's not helping him out. This guy was a losing coach. He's Ron Rivera part two. And does the organization know, does Josh Harris know how insanely unpopular Dan Quinn would be? I mean, he's, He's basically the worst case scenario for us, and the last thing I, and, and the last thing that I want to post to you guys. What's stopping Mike McDonald asking for six years? He's got both these teams
2: by, yeah. by the great. Don't group. don't you make a mistake, Tony? If he is the the guy for both Seattle and Washington, he's getting six years. Mm-hmm. Now right. I, I don't know that he will be. I mean. The, Maybe Dan Quinn gets the Seattle offer before he does. But, yeah, if both of these teams are offering Mike McDonald the job, there's going to be a tax paid,
1: no doubt. Yeah, he's got them, by He's got them. He, you know, and that's why I don't know why they're leaking this out. They're going to have to give this guy six years. Well, leaking what out? Well, saying, oh, well, you know, we got spooked. There was a six-year demand. You know, I don't know why this is coming out now when, hey, you may have to pay up for, Mc, for, for McDonald now. His agent's
2: going to turn around and say, I've won six years. Oh, interesting. That's a good, totally good point. What, what, I, about, yeah. what about his take? He said, do you think they know how unpopular the Dan Quinn hire would be? Now, I will go back to what I said earlier. You should never make decisions on optics. I thought Rivera did it way too often, and fans should not run the show, even though they were right about Kyle Hamilton and the team was wrong. Having said that, I don't know the answer. Do you think that they have any idea of how unpopular that hire would be it's such a boring retread hire number 1 and number 2 here specifically it would be hated because it is very very similar to the hire they made with the guy that everyone has been waiting for 2 years to finally move on from it's it, it's they're not the same guy but they're in the same uh aisle in the grocery store same division store. yeah that, that you when you go to the grocery store to get Dan Quinn it's four feet past Ron Rivera on the left. Like, they are very, very similar, man.
4: Excuse me. I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're busy stocking shelves. Which, which aisle is Retread Defensive Coordinator? Right.
2: at uh, 15. <laughs> you, you might not be able to. I, I'm right, okay? I can't convince anyone. They're the same guy. But they are right next to each other at the store, bro. They are side-by-side side in aisle number seven. Whichever one you got a coupon for is the one you take home. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they know how unpopular it would be or care?
4: No. Mm. Yes and yes. Yes. I think they know. I do. I think they know. I give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, even Snyder it, it did this with, with Jim Fossil. Remember, th- that was going to be his guy, but they floated the trial balloon and it was universally panned on every channel, every uh, medium, every format, every uh, you know, everything from Rigo's rag to extreme skins to... Everything in between, people are going. This is a terrible hire. What are we doing? And then it wasn't a fossil anymore. So, like, even though even that clown shoe was available public, uh, you know, available to public perception to
2: some degree. Let's go to Jay, who's been waiting in DC. What's up, Jay?
3: Look, I'm um, I'm disappointed, but I'm the kind of guy that moves on. I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on this, um, Michael Daniel. I'm dreaming on him right now. What if he brings in um, Wayne Martinell and gives us a coordinator? I mean, Mike calls the plays, but he has an older guy to help him. Um, then he brings in like a Noel Turner kind of OC, like Oof. Kellen Moore or Cliff Kingsbury or David Shaw, Frank Wright, something like that. Somebody that's not going to leave for a long time. So I was just wondering what you thought about that. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to start moving on yeah. to Mac McDaniel and start dreaming on these new, new, new OCs that we can pick up. You know, I was just wondering where, where would you go from there?
2: Yeah, so I would still go young and try to find stars. And So with all due respect, like Norv Turner, or I don't hate the idea of Frank Reich as an OC. I think you might be able to do better. Um, He named one guy that's interesting to me, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. I think he'd be a good hire. But uh, like Wes Phillips, or if you could get him, uh, he's currently an OC, I think, in Minnesota, uh, has that title. So you need an assistant head coach role or something. You might be able to lure an OC away with an AHC. Uh, role in this new staff Uh, the the guy I've been mentioning is Clint Kubiak from San Francisco Brian Greasy in San Francisco quarterbacks coach there who I was told about a month ago from a couple people will be a head coach in a few years problem is you'll lose those guys ultimately but I'm not going to hire someone worse because I don't want like I want to hire someone that no one's ever going to want again so let me just hire a jag I'm not doing that (laughs) uh you you just got to build the the this is the cross to bear now. If you hire a defensive minded head coach, you have to build a nest of when this guy leaves, the next guy steps up. Mm-hmm. It's a tough tough road. It's really hard to do. It's borderline impossible. Most of the time it doesn't work. Ask Mike Vrabel. Ask Dan Quinn. Ask a bunch of guys who have had their career go sideways when their coordinator left. But Well Belichick, for goodness sakes, if Josh McDaniels do. leaves the nest, that everything falls off a cliff. Yeah. Man, and then there's other someone else left too, knowing that I can't remember what his name was. I want to squeeze this in really quickly because we're out of time today, but this is massive locally. The Orioles are being sold. It's real this time, it seems. Incredible. Uh, You'll have more of this as we go tonight on overtime, I'm quite sure, but the big news of the day in this town, in Washington, D.C., is that Ben Johnson will not be the head coach of the commanders. So we'll talk Quite a bit about that and any developments tomorrow. There's a good chance we'll know who their coach is by the time we're on air or sometime tomorrow. Uh, Also, though, we'll have some thoughts tomorrow on the Orioles selling uh, John Angelos, the Angelos family out, what that could mean for baseball in the DMV uh, in Baltimore and what it could mean for the Nationals as well. Grant and Danny on the fan saying so long. Overtime with Linnell is next.
0: Thank you for coming.